0: Hello and welcome to Meet the Education Researcher. This is a podcast from the Faculty of Education at Monash University, and here we talk with researchers in and around the faculty about their current reading, writing and thinking. So welcome to interview number 15 in our series of Meet the Education Researcher podcasts. My name is Neil Selwyn and I work in the Faculty of Education, Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. And the aim of these interviews is simple. We're going to spend 15 minutes or so getting to know what researchers in and around the faculty are currently up to. So today I'm joined by Ruth Jeans, a senior lecturer in the faculty. Good afternoon, Ruth.
1: Good afternoon, Neil.
0: So the first thing I wanted to get straight is what your work actually involves. You now, You've got a very specific job title, a senior lecturer in sports coaching and community development which sounds really impressive, but I mean, often these job titles are a bit different from the realities of what you do. So how would you actually describe your own areas of interest?
1: I'm really interested overall in the idea of sport as a lens to understand society, I guess is my key sort of entrance in. And um, there's probably two key dimensions to my research using sport as that lens. Um, The first is looking at how... uh, inequalities kind of manifest in a sports context so how um, does sport reproduce certain inequalities that exist within wider society and I guess that started with my PhD where I was looking at um, young girls' experience of gender identity construction and how PE and sport sort of contribute to their gender identity construction and how dominant masculinity is kind of interplayed with that and then I've sort of taken that on more recently I've been working on a project in junior sport community junior sport and again looking at how young people learn certain values in relation to diversity through their participation in sport and how certain cultural um, inequalities socioeconomic inequalities are reproduced in that setting but I guess also is another dimension to my research I'm not totally kind of anti-sport I love it and I think it's A good thing, and the popularity of it within society, I think, leads it open to being a space that change can happen within. So, um, I've also done a lot of work exploring how sport can be an educative space or a space for transformation to begin to address these inequalities, and that's kind of taken me down a few different paths. So Um, Looking at worklessness through a sports intervention, homelessness, um, mental health, mental illness and sport as a kind of conduit to beginning to address some of those issues. So Um, are you
0: an education person that's come to sports or a sport person that's come to education? Definitely
1: a sport person that's come to education, yeah and it's really, I guess, broadened my ideas around sport by being in a faculty of education. I was going to ask you has it
0: broadened your ideas or narrowed your ideas because I mean in an education faculty that's very focused on schools and classroom and pedagogy, I mean where do your interests sort of fit in?
1: um, I think I really have taken all those sort of bigger concepts from education and looked at it outside of the school setting and I'm really interested in community spaces and the education that can occur within community spaces and I guess sport is my particular community mm. space that I like looking at. So looking I'm at.
0: interested, you talked about sport as a space for change and you t- uh, so does your research, uh, are, are you kind of advocating for anything in particular? Is there any particular kind of ideas that you're pushing or things that you're advocating for?
1: Um, I guess not so much advocating but looking at... Um, The ways in which we can create change or begin to change inequities using sport as a space to begin to Mm. do that. I've done a lot of research over the last 10 years in um, the Global South, primarily in Zambia, and looking at um, young women's experiences of sport, physical activity and how that can begin to sort of contribute to their empowerment and um, changing notions of gender and gender identity within local communities mm. there. So. so I mean,
0: even an issue like gender identity, I mean, it's heavily theorised. So I'm really interested how you make use of social theory in terms of your actual day-to-day work.
1: Yeah, so again, I suppose because my work's quite diverse, i have not really attached to one particular theory. I no, tend to sort thing. of move around a bit. But I guess all my theories, I do use a underpinned by the notion of power, inequity and and attempting to change that. So with my PhD, I was sort of very much from a feminist post-structuralist lens and drew on the work of Judith Butler and performativity of identity Mm. um, there and then with my work in Africa, I've really started to draw more on a post-colonial lens, the um, Southern theory, Raymond Connell's Southern theory, and then also moving into critical pedagogy mm. is, um a way of reconceptualizing how education occurs in that context. And then more recently, I've been doing a lot of stuff looking at the idea of inclusion and the notion of inclusion, how we understand that, and drawing on a particular um, guy, Christopher DeLuca, who's sort of put together this interdisciplinary framework to understand inclusion, drawing on critical race theory, queer theory, and really mm. trying to get that intersectionality there to so understand what inclusion is. I've not um, come across
0: DeLuca. Can you give me an example of how that that theory applies to some work that you've done?
1: I guess DeLuca sort of talks about this idea of inclusion as a spectrum, which is not particularly new, but sort of really frames this idea of critiquing how our practices that we might think are inclusive actually are quite limiting because they're not changing power relations Mm. so he has these four categories of how inclusion is understood from a normative where basically we let people in that are different but we don't do much to change right the way through to a transgressive form of um, inclusion which is all about losing the label shifting the power celebrating difference and really kind of you know bringing everyone on board. So I found that a really useful frame for some of the work I've been doing both in teacher education and in sports clubs.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You talked before about Butler. I'm interested, who are your kind of greatest of all time? Who do you go back to again and again?
1: um, Foucault, definitely. So um, elements of Foucault and disciplinary power really influenced my PhD and I tend to keep sort of Mm. coming back there. Um, Again, Judith Butler, I love the sort of ideas that came to play there and I come back in with that again and um so the um frere and critical pedagogy again i seem to keep coming back to every time because you said you're
0: exploring critical projects. pedagogy more recently so i mean have you yeah. got frere, anyone else that's kind of come into purview there
1: i think the iterations of kind of critical pedagogy yeah. and mayo and different sort of authors in that space but yeah it's um still very much kind of work in progress yeah no
0: absolutely so, so i mean that's in terms of theory and the ideas mm. that are swimming around your head i mean that kind of brings us on to the the area of reading. So, I mean, aside from all the kind of grand theory stuff, I mean, who have you read recently that's kind of sparked some ideas or some?
1: Um, I guess recently. So, I'm trying to do some work um, with some data that's looking at young disabled people's experiences of sport and community sports clubs and I've been drawing on the work of um, Fiona Campbell sort of looking at ableism and the idea mm. of ableist structures and trying to sort of really unpick why sports clubs are doing certain things with young people through that lens so that's been, it's a whole new area really mm. and is, is sort of is a lot to get to grips with but yeah it's really been sparking my interest and making me think a bit differently again is sort of a different theoretical understanding
0: Yeah and also making possibly think differently about methods as well so absolutely
1: yeah and the questions that you ask and yeah, what yeah. you're trying to find out so how's so. that
0: project played out in practice kind of methodologically
1: methodologically it's part of a bigger sort of project that I've been working on at the moment in community sports clubs Um and we've done interviews at all levels of the clubs from sort of committee down to young people participating and also combine that with observations and a sort of quantitative element of social network analysis and um, attitudinal surveys. Mm. So I guess it's been interesting. I've sort of put this lens retrospectively onto this and looking at the data that's come out from there. But I'm certainly seeing the observations in a different light because of that lens, I think. So,
0: I mean, that's theory, that's reading. I'm also really interested in terms of what people are writing and what they're kind of producing as well. So, I mean, what are you kind of working on at the moment? At
1: the moment, I'm writing in that area um, of... Young people and disability and their experiences within sports clubs. So that's, I guess, the key thing I'm sort of writing at the moment.
0: Is that for a particular journal or a book or Um, where where you're pitching these things?
1: think that probably go to one of the sort of journals within sport the international review for the sociology of sport which is one of the kind of bigger journals yeah, in yeah. my field i'm also developing um, a paper at the moment again from this same project but a different dimension looking at um, gendered sporting spaces and how space is still divided within sport on gendered lines mm. and you've know, got the growth of sort of women's sport at the moment the perception that it's getting a lot more um airplay and a lot more significant and commercially but, successful as well yes but actually looking at that in the realities of how that's playing out in junior sports
0: so you said you kind of publish in your field I'm really interested in terms of do you just kind of concentrate on specialist journals or do you kind of get much love from the kind of broader education literature
1: um it's actually pretty hard like i think in the broader journals it can be quite tricky for um sports scholars you sometimes get an instant like sport nap (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: not serious and
1: i guess also it's where your audience is as well so um a lot of the people that i want to write this type of stuff for Mm. would be within the the sports journal, but the stuff that you're
0: writing about in terms of inequality and identity Mm. I mean that's stuff that's really important yeah 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 I guess there's something to be said for kind of having to explain yourself as you say to this general audience but in order to get these ideas across yeah
1: definitely no and it's something we've been sort of working on on various sort of projects so there's the projects I did on worklessness that Mm. we published more broadly and that went into various sort of journals within that space yeah, so yeah. that was yeah that was good
0: so in terms of writing I'm also really interested in how you actually do it i mean have you got a routine to kind of get yourself writing every day because it's not the easiest thing in the world to do no
1: it isn't at all but i am um, i commit to that idea of you do need to write every day mm. and do something every day it was interesting i'd sort of always been before that you have to have long Periods of time, you know, if you haven't got a full period of time to spend on something, then you shouldn't do it. But I've totally since having two small kids, I've gone (laughs) completely away from that idea and really got into the go of forty minutes of writing, just get something done and do it. So I tend to set aside some time every day that I try and make sure I write in. Do you need a
0: particular space or place, or can you do it on the move? On the I
1: can do it anywhere, really. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Again, I think having the children has really helped with that.
0: Focuses you, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: Definitely. So,
0: anything exciting coming up on the horizon? Any huge bids, proposals, um, conferences?
1: I'm just reworking at the moment a um, an ALC linkage grant, um, and that's looking at informal sports participation. So, this idea that um, I guess the way people are participating is changing. There's a massive decline in structured sport participation, but an increase of people just doing it. Yeah, casual. So, things like park run, bay swimming, where they. Can have their experience, but they don't have to sort of affiliate or be a member of a club or anything. It seems that it's quite an untapped sort of resource um, and certainly being ignored by kind of policy and practice. So just reworking an application that's with um, Justin O'Connor within the faculty and uh, Dawn Penny and Ramon Spy at uh, Victoria University, actually trying to sort of look at how policy might better engage with that space and support and manage those types of opportunities Mm. at the moment the key agencies responsible for promoting sport often hinder those type of opportunities
0: and those opportunities are often provided commercially as well which is really interesting in terms of the use of public space for private profit
1: exactly yeah and I guess we're specifically interested in looking at how those spaces manifest within diverse communities so um, we're working with two case study areas that are characterised by low socioeconomic and um, culturally diverse communities mm-hmm. where a lot of this activity is happening but it's kind of flying under the radar or it's been stopped by authorities kind yeah, of yeah. kicking people off pitches or you know not letting them play and things that's so. fascinating
0: i mean in terms of actually kind of disseminating as well you've got any kind of conferences that you go to every year and a kind of a set track that you you follow
1: i've started going to the um the Sociology Association, the TASA conferences oh, yeah. here and I enjoy doing that. There's a good sport group through right, that. Yeah, so yeah. it's a good kind of collective. But I also like the fact that I can connect with the broader discipline there. Um, and then, yeah, it's sort of various sports sociology ones I, I like to go to. But I've been um, back to the Ledger Studies Association conference in the UK in July, which is my first international conference since I've been here. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. In seven so, years? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, just sort of reconnecting with those networks. So I was
0: going to say, you've got leisure studies, sports studies, sociology. Mm. What do you get from being an education faculty?
1: I think I said earlier, sort of, it's just that different thoughts and different ideas and certainly around um, ideas of pedagogy and understanding learning and thinking about how learning occurs, that's really helped me with my work and sort of push it on. There's a lot that translates over and I think because we academically tend to work so siloed, mm. it's, it's really good to be able to make those cross-disciplinary connections. And but when you
0: go and, back you know, into leisure studies, do they look at you a bit of
1: Absolutely and... yeah, and I perhaps don't fit quite so well anymore. <laughs> so no one quite knows how to pigeonhole me anymore. So.
0: Well well, um, my, <laughs> these one my final question and I'm not going to pigeonhole you at all, but you, you are English yes and so am I and and I'm really pleased that you are English because in some ways it allows me to ask a question that's bothering me as well in terms of I mean coming over here is a big deal Mm. I mean packing all your stuff up and moving over is a a big I was just wondering what do you know about Australian universities before coming over to Australia?
1: I guess before coming over particularly for my field I knew there was um, um, particularly in physical education Mm. some amazing scholars in our field had Come from Australia, so I knew you know the the game was up here. There was a you pull know, factor, yeah, definitely, and that you know there's a really lot of good scholarship and also it's kind of critical sociological scholarship, which yeah, yeah. really sort of appealed, um, and. I think since coming over here, it's definitely, I find it a very warm and welcoming environment. And I don't know whether that's just here and where I am within the faculty. That's definitely a lot different mm. from my experiences in English universities, I think.
0: But is there anything that you still keep noticing that pulls you up short in terms of just things that are slightly different? Or?
1: I guess the, I mean, the Geography, the fact that you don't really have um, face-to-face meetings with people here. You know, geography is a big deal. And just that for me, again, in my area, there's just a real lack of critical mass. So there's just not many people doing the same thing here. So you tend to sort of all stick together and um, it tends to be the same people coming together, which isn't a bad thing. Having said that,
0: I couldn't imagine doing this without Twitter and the internet. Yes. it yeah. kind of forces you to kind of get online and exactly. become connected that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you're a
0: t- do you tweet?
1: Yes, I do, yes.
0: And how does that work for you?
1: <laughs> I'm not a comfortable Twitterer, but um, it's a good way of keeping connected, I think. And I do like the, the range of information we get now yeah, through yeah. Twitter and, and social media. Perfect.
0: Well, the fact you've been here for seven years is really encouraging, because it means yeah. you're probably going to be here for at least seven years more. <laughs> and um, that's just really nice to meet you, really nice to hear what you're up to. Thanks very much.
1: Thanks very much, Neil.